Love and mercy from God our Father, through Jesus Christ, our risen Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. He must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught, so that he may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine and also to rebuke those who contradict it. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, we just heard a long laundry list of those who would be pastors and overseers in the church. Luther says of all those things in the list, holding fast to the truth, teaching the truth, rebuking error is by far the most important. In fact, he says, many teach but few fight. Many teach, but few fight. As I pondered those words, I couldn't help but think of 1 Samuel 17. A fight was about to happen. At least one side wanted the fight. The Philistines were gathered on one side of the valley and the children of Israel were on the other. Every morning for 40 days, the mighty warrior, the champion of the Philistines came forth. Goliath, who will fight me? One man? That's all it takes, just one man. Come out and fight me. Come out and take me on. You defeat me, you win the whole battle. And the children of Israel cowered in fear. They were afraid. They were afraid of the battle. They were specifically afraid of Goliath. Each day, Goliath would come out and knock, mock not only the children of Israel, but he mocked their God. He mocked their God. What kind of a God do you have that would make you so afraid? David, the little shepherd boy, is back home. He's too young to fight. His three older brothers are in the army. They're in the war. Dad says, hey, take some lunch to your brother. See how they're doing. Bring me back a report. And so he does. And while he is there, he witnesses Goliath, his taunting, his mocking, and he can't believe his ears. He challenges the men in the army to fight. The Lord is on your side. Fight! They mocked David, and they cowered in fear. Finally, David said, if no one will go to battle, I will. And they laughed. Saul says, what do we got to lose? Wear my armor. Good luck, Char. Didn't fit. Wouldn't work. 
did not deter David in any way, shape, or form. He goes into battle, yes, with his slingshot and his five smooth stones, but he goes into battle knowing that the Lord is with him. He goes into battle, and when Goliath mocks him, am I a dog that you send out a little boy? Yes, Goliath, you are a dog. You are a dog that deserves to die. David says, when I defeat you, and the Philistines are the ones cowering in fear and running for cover, you will know that there is one God, the one true God. Because not by my hand will you be defeated, but by the hand of the Lord our God. And not only will I defeat you, I will chop off your head and carry it around like a trophy. And Goliath laughed. We know what happens, right? David, with the precision shot of his slingshot, hits mighty Goliath in a vulnerable spot. He falls down, dazed and confused. Nobody can believe what has happened. David runs up, takes his own sword, and chops off his head. The Philistines can't believe it. Dazed and confused themselves, they run for cover. Emboldened by Little David's action, the children of Israel, the army of the Lord, gets up and they rout the Philistines. How many times haven't we taught and heard that story in Sunday school class? How many times haven't we thought about what God accomplished through little David? Armed? with the word and the power of the Lord. So here we are. The ACELC gathering once again for the 10th time now. In many ways, we're like little David. We have no outward strength of power, political, or numbers. We have nothing about us that would cause anyone to fear, only to laugh and to mock. One of the things I've realized over the last 12 years is that when this group or our efforts are mocked, it is not the ACELC that is being mocked. It is the word of the Lord. My friends, today, as we gather in just a few moments for our business meeting, we're going to talk about the future of the ACELC. Is it time to pack up and go home? We've done our teaching. It's on the interweb. Anybody can see it that wants to, and trust me, people will mock it even if they don't read it. 
It's there. We've had 10 conferences now. We have boldly taught the truth. So what are we to do? Too many times, like the children of Israel, I have cowered in fear. We're too small. The battle is too fierce. There's no hope. The mighty Goliath of false doctrine and practice that has permeated the church at large and even our own church, our beloved church, the Missouri Synod, is so great and so powerful as to squash anyone who would dare mention it much less contend or fight against it. What are we to do? My friends, God's word for us today is exactly the same as it was yesterday, exactly the same as it will be tomorrow and all the tomorrows that God grants us, the same as it was 12 years ago when this group assembled and organized and I would submit to you today that that word before us, Titus 1, verse 9. He, not only pastors, not only ecclesiastical supervisors, but we, all of God's children, must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught so that they may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine and also to rebuke those who contradict it. It begins in the home, as we heard so eloquently on Tuesday. From the home, it is in our parishes, both pastors who are preaching and contending for the truth, and also the people in the pew who demand the truth to be taught and error be refuted from their pastors and leaders. In our church body, we pray for our brothers that have fallen into error. We pray for our ecclesiastical supervisors that they would have the courage of David to know the truth, to teach the truth, and to contend for the truth. We not only teach and encourage but we fight. How easy it is for us to fight on social media. How easy it is for us to fight about political parties, masks, vaccines, lockdowns. How easy it is for us to fight over which team is better. How easy it is for us to fight over Nebraska humidity and Montana and Wyoming air. These are the things that we are willing to teach and to contend over. But when it comes to God's word, 
we cower in fear. Some of that fear is legitimate. If you truly contend for the truth of God's word, you probably will not get appointed or elected to anything in our beloved church body. If you contend for the truth of God's word and rebuke error, you're probably not going to get your name on any call list, at least not without an asterisk. There are prices to pay when you stand on the truth, teach the truth, and contend for the truth. Today, God lays before us these words from Paul under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to Pastor Titus, but they are for all of us. And I would encourage you to think of 1 Samuel 17. The battle, humanly speaking, is hopeless. Are we, humanly speaking, when we contend for the truth of God's word? Heaven forbid. We have behind us the might and the power of the Lord whether we do it in or through an organization like the ACELC or not, is irrelevant. God has baptized you for battle. You are robed with the righteousness of Christ. Christ is the one who has defeated an enemy even greater than Goliath. He didn't do it with a slingshot and a stone. He did it with his holy, precious blood and his innocent suffering and death. When the stone-cold body of Jesus was laid in the tomb, everyone knew the battle was over. Jesus was dead. Now we can get on with things. But three days later, Jesus burst forth from the tomb, never to die again. His victory over sin, death, and the grave is your victory. His victory over the demons of this world, Satan himself, is your victory. This is the God who not only robes you with his righteousness, fills you with his forgiveness, but gives you the courage, the courage to face each new day, to stand on the truth of God's word, to teach the truth of God's word. And when error rears its ugly head, as it always will on this side of heaven, to contend for the truth of God's word, to rebuke error for the sake of souls. That's what this is all about. The word of God taught in its truth and purity Error identified and by the grace of God removed. Sinners caught in error's maze. Seeing their sin. Repenting. Rejoicing and clinging to the truth of God's word. Luther says many things on this particular text. He says, if he does not diligently study Holy Scripture, 
which he knows, the result will be a kind of rust and a neglect of and contempt for the word will arise. Even though you know Holy Scripture, nevertheless, it must be read over and over and over again because the word has the power to stimulate you at all times. He says, we should labor over this faith and contend for it to the end. The flesh becomes sluggish. It sees to it that we forget the word and grow tired of it. The person should not worry that he is often teaching the same thing. He should oppose diseases of doctrine. Doctrine should be right, stable, and constant. If someone is idle, his body neither lives nor dies. Thus those who do not have a doctrine that is sure and constant will never teach it. He says, therefore, if a bishop is unable to convert and to restrain the gainstayers, he should merely declare that they are in error. Thus, he can preserve his flock from seducers so that they are not devoured by the wolves. The faithful shepherd is the one who not only feeds his flock, but also protects it. This happens when he points out heresies and errors. His reproof is his victory. My friends, today, God calls us to know the truth of God's word, to teach the truth of God's word, to rebuke errors that come up regarding God's word. You have been baptized into battle. Many teach, but few will fight. He must hold fast to the trustworthy word as taught so that he may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine and also to rebuke those who contradict it. May God grant it to us all for Jesus' sake. Amen. Amen.